The uh, scripture reading comes from Genesis chapter 1, verse 15. I want you to hear this word. Um, it's real short. Uh, it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. I'll say that one more time. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. This is the word of God for the people of God. Lord, we ask you to bless the teaching and preaching of this word today. Uh, just pray that I can get out of the way, Lord, so that you can be seen, heard, and experienced. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You can be seated. Oh, man, I hope you are excited about getting Labor Day off tomorrow. You excited about that? Some of you retire and don't really care because you have every day off. Um, some of you might have to work anyway, but a lot of people have Labor Day off. I think it's kind of interesting that we have a day called Labor Day and nobody's working, you know. Um, kind of seems like it'd be the opposite of that. Everybody would work on Labor Day, but it's actually a day set aside to celebrate, recognize the hard work ethic of Americans. Um, so it's also, by the way, I remember, I don't know, I thought about this this morning. I, I grew up knowing that you weren't supposed to wear white after Labor Day. Y'all ever heard that? You hadn't heard that? Am I crazy? Isn't that right? Oh, okay, whatever. Um, I think that's right. So I didn't get a firm yes, uh, Maybe you're not convicted about it. So we're not in a preaching series today. We, we, uh, we're starting a preaching series next week um, about the book of Nehemiah. And, uh, and we're going to talk about rebuilding together. I'm really excited about the series. We're going to spend eight weeks in it as a church going through this book of the Bible. And if you've been reading the Bible in a year on your Bible app, we're actually coming to Nehemiah. So it actually kind of collide. And we're going to talk about hope and healing as a church. And you, we're going to see how this man, Nehemiah, kind of navigates rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. So if you haven't read that book, if you would do me a favor and just read the book of Nehemiah. Like we need to dig in our word. That's something we really need. We need to get in the word. So we're going to spend eight weeks in that book. But today I got a freebie. So it's kind of like what I want to preach on today. And I thought that I would actually preach on something that has something to do with Labor Day. And so I thought, why not preach about um, a theology of work? I never really thought about that. Like, what is our theology of work? There's actually, the Bible says a lot about work. And if you read Proverbs, it says a lot about laziness. But it has a lot to say about work. And, um, and so I want to talk to you about that. Just by a show of hands, how many of you like to work? Like, you say you like to work. Like, I like to work. I like to come to work. I like to work out. I like to work in the yard. I like to do things. I enjoy working. I like to be busy. How many of you don't like to work? It's okay if you just kind of like don't and like to eat Cheetos and like sit on the couch and binge Netflix, right? Um, that's okay, um, but after the sermon today, I hope you feel very convicted. Uh, yeah, some of us complain about having things to do, but the truth is we can't do them any longer because of physical health or we lose our job, whatever, then we wish we were doing what we did before. I think work actually gives us purpose. I think work may actually be an antidote, may actually be an answer to depression, uh, if you want to see somebody really depressed, see somebody that doesn't have anything to do. They're just sitting around. Um, I, there's a book called Make Your Bed. Uh, I don't know if any of you have heard of it. It's written by Admirable, Admiral William Raven, a retired Navy SEAL. And I uh, read the book, and in the book, he just starts off saying, start your day making your bed. Start your day with purpose. And then you move on to doing other things, but start with the purpose of making your bed. Work doesn't necessarily mean something we get paid to do. If you look at the definition of work, it, it says it's something produced or accomplished by effort, exertion, or exercise of skill. So you might be working at your marriage, but you're working. You might be working out at the gym, but you're working. You might be working in the yard, but you're working. We might be raising your kids at work, 
Amen? Might be volunteering, could be work. Whatever it is you need to work at. We need things to do. Um, why? Because it's in our DNA. God created us that way. How do I know that? Well, we're created in the image of God. Did God work? He did, didn't he? In the very beginning, how many days did he work? Careful. It's six, right? He worked for six days, and we know that on the seventh day he rested. Genesis 2, 2 says, by the seventh day, God had finished the work that he had been doing, so on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Now, it doesn't say he needed to rest. It's not like God got done, he's like, oh, I'm exhausted. i got to lay on the couch, right? It's not that. It actually, if you look at the word, he actually just stopped. It's like he worked, and then he stopped because he had finished his work. But he tells us, obviously, as humans who are created with a certain amount of energy that we need to rest, that we should keep the Sabbath holy. It's one of the Ten Commandments. So God worked and God rested, and we're supposed to do the same. Um, We don't want to work ourselves to death. I was looking at the history of Labor Day, and I found this kind of fascinating. Labor Day was started actually in the late 1800s by President Grover Cleveland as a response to the harsh working conditions of Americans in America, kind of followed on the tails of the Industrial Revolution. And it was like when people were working like 12 hours a day. Um, Some of you may still do that, but they were working 12 hours a day. And children were working. Like kids as young as five and six years old were working like eight and ten hour days. Now, we ask kids to take out the trash. They're like, oh, I mean, like life's over. Imagine if you're like, hey, why don't y'all cut the TV off and get your tails down to the mill and (laughs) work 12 hours? I mean, that'd be a whole other thing. We don't want to work that much, but but we do want to work. I mean, there's a work ethic in us, and we also should rest. So God creates Adam to accomplish things. It was a blessing. It says in Genesis 2.15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. Now, was, this, was, was that before or after sin entered the picture? That was before sin, that God took the man and put him in the garden to work it. So work was in the picture before sin. Now follow me, because some people think that work is a result of sin, like we messed up and everybody just had to work because of that. Work was actually in the beginning, so it was actually there to be a blessing and to have purpose. I think in heaven, when we go back to be with God, when sin is done with, we're going to actually maybe work. I mean, I think some people kind of worry, like, gosh, when I die, I'm going to go to heaven, I'm going to be bored. You ever hear that? Like, I'm afraid I'll be bored when I go to heaven. Like, we're all going to be sitting around in a circle, just kind of looking at each other. It's like, who's going to sing the next hymn? (laughs) I mean, I don't know what we'll say, but I, I think we'll have things to do, things we enjoy, things we love, uh, things that, that keep us busy, that ways that we serve God and glorify God. I mean, Adam and Eve were in the garden, right? And I mean, they were just there and they were just working a garden with the perfect temperature. Everything was great. Everything was awesome. And life was good. And they were like working together. Well, Eve hadn't actually come into picture yet. And it was good. And I think we'll return to that one day. I don't mean we'll return without Eve in the picture. Let me clarify that. By the way, Eve was a part of all of this. Um, it wasn't just Adam. 
Um, Eve, Eve was a part. I'll, I'll walk you through that in a minute. But, but it says um, in, in Genesis 3, 17 through 19, it actually tells us that here's what happened when sin entered the picture. It says Adam was working, but when sin entered the picture, it says to Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife, anyway, um, and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you'll eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. And since from it you were taken, for dust you are, to dust you will return. In other words, it was a joy to work the land, but then when sin entered the picture, it became a pain to work the land. There were thorns and thistles, and it, work just wasn't so much of a joy. It wasn't perfect. He also said that the body would grow old and you would die. Like that was a result of sin. We would die, right? So anyhow, working wasn't just for Adam. It was also for Eve. Um, it says in Genesis 2, 19 through 22, ladies, it says, But for Adam no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God calls a man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and he closed up the place with flesh. And the Lord God made woman from the rib that he had taken out of the man. And he brought her to the man. So in other words, she was created as a helper to do the work that he was doing. So it's not like she came to replace him. And he was going to sit at home and prop his feet up while she went to work. They were to work together. They were to accomplish things together. They, they, they had a purpose. You know, in marriage, you need to have a purpose together. If you're here and you're married, what's the purpose of your marriage? Well, hope we can make it through another 12 months. That's not a real good purpose. Well, we made it 40 years. Good, good for you. Uh, you know, it's like that's not the goal. The goal is to serve God together in a marriage. Like to have things you do together. Well, we raise children together. Well, that's good. But, but like how, do you, how are you actually on mission together? What, like maybe you lead a Bible study together. Maybe you read the Bible through in a year together. Maybe you go on a mission trip together. Whatever it is, you're working towards something together. That's what Adam and Eve did. They had this purpose. And then sin entered the picture and it got messy. And so marriage is hard and life's hard and our work's hard. But it's like the, the, the initial working towards something was God's idea. You can, not just in marriage, but like just in ministry, like work towards something together. If you have a small group, work towards something together. Have a project, have a mission. Uh, women's ministry, men's ministry, youth ministry, children's ministry. Like, what are we working towards? I remember we went to the staff one time and we worked with this ministry called Emmanuel's Hammer that was started in this church. It's a pretty cool ministry where they rebuild homes and rebuild lives. And we went as a staff and, and, and took tools, which is really scary when you put tools in ministry staff's hands. And we were like all working together towards a project and a purpose like we got to work towards a purpose that's why vision's important because we go this is what we're trying to do together right right so um work is good that's the point of all this right so and there needs to be joy in it there should be joy in the task before us we should we should do the things we do with joy it's what scripture scripture says in colossians 3 23 through 24 whatever you do somebody say that with me Whatever you do, right, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, 
Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward is the Lord Christ your servant. Whatever we work at, if you're a doctor, if you're a lawyer, if you do communication, if you're a graphics person, if you're a plumber, if you're a teacher, if you're a preacher, if you're a, whatever you are, you work at it with all your heart and you work with joy because you're accomplishing something for the Lord. Our work is not in vain if we work for Him. So, all that to say, I really think, yes, there's joy in working where we work in our jobs and our vocations. But, listen to this. There's joy in working for the church. In the church work. In serving the church. There's joy in working here. Um, did you all hear Chris mention the hall out there that, 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 that we've created? If you want to serve in our church and help us move this place forward, I want you to go look at that hallway when you leave church today. And go look at the opportunities there are to serve here. There's a ton of opportunities, and they're on the hall out there, and they're there for you to volunteer and to serve and to look at them. Just walk around right this doorway and walk to the right, and there's a bunch of opportunities. With all that, hey, this is what I want you to do. We're going to stand up for a second. I want you to stand up. We're just going to stand out of honor for the Lord and for his presence here today. Sometimes I just feel like we just need to stand and recognize and stand before him and just come into his presence. And I'm just going to ask him right now for his Holy Spirit to descend on this place as we begin to move into a time of communion. And Father, we just stand before you because you are an awesome and almighty God. And we give you all the glory and praise that you have created us with a mission and a purpose to serve you. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us, first of all, that you created us, that you have given some of us spouses, that we have marriage, but that we have purpose. You created Adam and Eve with a goal and a purpose to tend the garden. And Lord, you've created us with a mission and things to do. I pray that you will instill joy in our heart and hope in our heart, Lord, as we seek to fulfill the Great Commission. As we move into this time of communion today, Lord, we honor you, we glorify you, and we thank you for who you are. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.